Hey guys, welcome to a wonderful podcast, Confessions of a Pastor's Kid, a.k.a. PK. Now, we created this podcast so pastor's kids everywhere can share their story and debunk some of the common misconceptions about what it means to be a PK. All the while telling their very real stories in hopes that a PK somewhere will realize that they are not the only ones dealing with their struggles. This is going to be a very interesting journey and we hope that you can stay with us the whole way there. Let's get going. Hi, welcome everybody to our fifth episode of Confessions with a PK. We are here with Cameron and he's going to talk to us about how it is being a PK. Welcome, my brother in Christ. <laughs> I hand it over to Sam. Good to see you, Cam. Uh, Cam is, um, do you want to go by Cam or Cameron? Doesn't matter. You can call me Cam. Yeah, I'll call you Cam. Yeah. So I, I've known Cam for a little over a year now. Um, he was a he was a freshman last year, and um, it was one of our esteemed uh, diversity scholars here at Point Loma Nazarene University. And this year, he's one of our mentors, and I've taken under him some freshmen, male freshmen, and he's mentoring them. Uh, so. Um, Cam has been such an amazing, amazing guy. Um, I think he's he's one of the uh, I want to say junior coaches on their basket on the men's basketball team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's good to have you here. Uh, I'm you. gonna do a quick prayer and then uh, we're going to get this going because uh, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in His name, He's in our midst. So we need to acknowledge the Holy Spirit here. Father God, we thank you so much uh, for being here with us today. We commit this conversation into your hands. Continue to bless us. Give Cameron the voice and the words to speak to your people today, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Cameron. So simple. First question, tell us a little bit about yourself and share your testimony yeah. uh, specifically about growing up as a PK. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm, I was born and raised in a small city in Northern California called Turlock. Um, not many people know about it, like when I'm at school and stuff in San Diego and people are like, oh, where are you from? And everybody's like, oh, I'm from Hawaii or I'm from San Clemente. Everybody's like, oh, these big, beautiful cities. And then you Say, oh, I'm from a small place called Turlock. They have, oh, I've never heard of that. And, uh, and I go, oh, have you ever heard of Fresno? Or I go, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, like, yeah. And I'm like an hour from Fresno. Um, so yeah, born and raised here. Um, I got a sister, Nina, who uh, is a couple years older. She just graduated from UC Davis. Um, nice. And then my mom and my dad, Mary and Scott. Um, yeah, when I was young, my parents, uh, it's funny, like the earliest memory I have of my entire life, um, is the day my parents got divorced, actually. It's like, uh, I don't know why I just remember that day so vividly just mm. sitting. I was I was young, I was three, me and my sister were sitting. Um, and yeah, I remember that day just so vividly. Um, and my mom, like they got into an argument and uh, my mom ended up calling the cops and the cops had to come and they had to like kind of split up my, my parents and stuff. Mm. And uh, yeah, this was about 16 years ago. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and so, you know, just growing up, you know, I was so blessed. Um, a lot of my, uh, friends and stuff who growing up, their parents had got divorced. Their parents had maybe not the prettiest of divorces and they're kind of ugly. And, um, it was just hard for them just watching them kind of go down these tough paths where their parents were split and now they're having to kind of just kind of migrate and figure out how to kind of handle things. Now. Um, I was so blessed. My parents had a healthy divorce. They're still super civil and really good friends even to this day. Um, and you know, a lot of my friends whose parents were divorced, maybe the, the father wasn't there as much or the mom like wasn't as involved. Both my parents with me and my sister have done so much and done everything for us. Um, even to this day. Uh, and so I was just super blessed about that. Um, yeah, growing up, it, it was a little weird. I mean, I'd spend the weekends with my dad weeks at my mom's house and just like, I remember, um, it was funny. I saw something on social media the other day and it was, it was kind of like talking to like the divorced parents or divorced, like kids, parents kids, and, yeah. stuff. and it was like, where was like the destination? Your parents like dropped you guys off to like switch and stuff. And, and ours was at the, at this, uh, Halloween park that we, would, uh, we'd be at. That was about halfway for both my parents. So it was, it was pretty funny, but just, you know, um, yeah, they, they, they had a healthy divorce, which was, you know, really, uh, really good for me just because it 
just, it still showed me, you know, how much our dad just loved us and cared for us. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, I think the divorce just, I mean, it changed him a lot. Um, he was always super religious, but it, it was, there was just some, something that just, I think a little bit kind of switched for him. Um, I mean, growing up, I played sports my whole life, was super into basketball, super into football and baseball. Um, and my dad made it like a, a point. He, he coached me growing up. So he was kind of like the dad who, who was your coach as well. And he came to every practice. Uh, he lives in Stockton now, which is, that's where his church is. Um, but he would drive an hour every day just to come to practice this an hour back and he'd always hate he'd always like mess with me like do you know how much traffic I have to sit through to come to your practices <laughs> and so um but yeah you know he he was always there for us and you know uh, my mom she was always there cooking and cleaning and stuff and uh taking care of us at home and stuff um but yeah they they kind of they taught me so much throughout just life and you know um awesome. early early on I was you know everything everything was super good I was a super happy child um mm going into junior high and high school, you know, I was always, you know, just, yeah, really, really outgoing person, super, um, just super friendly, wanted to talk to everybody and be friends with everybody. Um, I remember my eighth grade year, my English teacher who was the ASB like, um, leader at the time, she's like, have you ever thought about running for like school president? And I was like, no, like, I don't even know what ASB is like, tell me about it. She told me about like, um, what it does and stuff. I was like, sure. And so I came home and I told my mom, I was like, mom, I want to run for president at school and stuff. And she's like, okay, let's, let's make you a speech. And we, she helped me write a speech and uh, I ran for president and I won. And, um, and so that was just, that was a cool experience. You know, my first like kind of big step, um, and then in high school, same thing happened, uh, like got to senior year and I was like, oh, I, I want to run for ASB president. I ran for ASB president in high school and I won that. And it was just, it was a lot of fun, you know, just, um, you know, working with everybody at, at my school, not just like specific groups, but, you know, making sure everybody was involved. Um, I would always go, like, nobody would go to the soccer games. And in our senior year, I got people to go to the soccer games and <laughs> like we go watch like uh, golf tournaments and stuff. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was a pretty, you know, I, I lived a happy life growing up. Um, I did have a few kind of, I'd say, uh, um, just times where, a uh, little bit of, uh, some hardships that kind of really did, uh, impact me. Um, I'd say there's a, like one of the first ones that I, when I think of, um, is my junior year of high school. I remember I was at a basketball game um, and I was warming up and my dad who was like, came to every game an hour early, he'd be there when the JV team was practicing, like, like playing and stuff. Um, he was there sitting and I remember I was warming up and I, I see him, like he answered a phone call and he, uh, I could just see something like the distress on his face. Yeah. He, he, uh, he ended up having to leave and, I played the game and I called him after I was like, Hey, like I saw you left. And he was like crying and stuff. And he, uh, he told me that my, my grandma on his side, um, uh, had been murdered and passed away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, uh, it was just kind of like a, a very, uh, like surreal moment. I had never felt like I never had to deal with death in our family before or anything like that. And so this was the first time that I kind of had to, kind of ever witness or feel anything like that. Um, and just seeing my, uh, my family and who super, super religious, super faithful, um, kind of just deal with all this, like what the heck just happened? Our world has just, you know, and, uh, especially my grandpa who, yeah, very faithful and just seeing him not like doubt God, but just question God. Like why, Mm. why, why my grandma, why our family, like seeing the pain and stuff was Mm -hmm. just, uh, yeah, it taught me a lot. And, uh, not until this last year, um, you know, I met my RD cause I'm an RA at Point Loma and I met my RD Beth. That's right. He's an RA too. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I met, I met my, I met my, I met my RD Beth Denny who, oh my gosh, bless her heart. She is. Beth my, is awesome. Yeah. She's one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. Um, and it was like the second week there and I, I didn't know her that well yet. Like we were just kind of getting to know each other. And I, I came into her office and she started talking and, she could just tell there was something that like, I was like holding back and not telling like, or, like, and we, and she started like peeling back layers and layers and we started talking. And the next thing you know, we were talking about my grandma and I was, I've never been like super emotional about my grandma. And like t- when I talk about it um, and next thing, you know, I was just sitting in her office crying, bawling my eyes out in front of her and she's <laughs> crying. Like, I was like, what's happening? Like, I don't, I don't cry too often and stuff. And I was like, what's going on. And it was, so, you know, just, I think one, uh, one thing is just, um, 
just the people in my life have been so just valuable and so like just influential in who I am today. And, you know, the, the mentors I've had, whether they be coaches or just family friends or, you know, people I've met through school or teachers um, or professors, even at Point Loma, um, they've all just really kind of helped shape me into who I am um, today and just the values that I like carry with me. Um, and I think I'll carry with me through the, the rest of my life, really. That's so. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it, it's, it's so, it's looking back at our lives and seeing everything. And you said something that really caught my attention. You said something to the effect of when you start talking about your hardship, right? And yeah. as someone who's been through divorce, you know, I thought you'd be like, one of the hardships was when my parents got divorced, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not, that was one of the hardships, right, that yeah. you went through. And, you know, it's it's always amazing. And this this actually really kind of kind of segue a little bit to what I wanted to ask you. When we think of pastors and we think of pastors' families and pastors' homes, you always think yeah. of this perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything is, you know, they love their wives or they love their husbands. Nobody fights. Uh, no Nobody. one is fighting, yeah. you yeah. know. So... You're like, oh, I'm a PK and my parents got divorced. And it's like, it's almost like counterculture. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, what the heck? What? This isn't what it's supposed to happen. <laughs> exactly. It's so counterculture. It's almost like taboo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, I, I, you were three years old. So at three years old, you didn't know anything. But now that you've, you've grown up or growing up now, how did you deal with those type of, you're a PK, and, and your and your your dad and your mom are, are not together anymore. How how did you? Was there pressure in that? Was there some negative connotation in that that you faced? And yeah. how did you deal with that? You know, I I never really um, I never really felt any pressure like from peers and stuff like oh your dad's a pastor and he's like divorced and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I always would like when I was growing up, I was like, I, I found it interesting, you know, my dad and my mom, my dad being a pastor and they getting divorced, like, but like you said, that, that kind of, when you think of a pastor, you think of a perfect family and stuff. Yeah. Um, but what I've learned is that, you know, some people like my mom, my dad, they just, some things just weren't working out. It didn't and, click. Yeah. Yeah. And it just didn't work. And, you know, and, it, and it's just part of life. And now my dad, he remarried and he's been married now for, um, I mean, almost 14 years. Um, and so, and my stepmom is one of the most amazing ladies ever. She's such a sweetheart and, you know, she's super involved in the church as well. Um, and they just, they click really well. And so I think, you know, um, I, yeah, I never, I never really faced any of those pressures, but, um, I just, how about, a, how about other pressures as a PK, just in PK in general, maybe in a PK, what pressure, the pressure that come with a PK, have you ever experienced it? Yeah, that's yourself. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a whole different. Thing. <laughs> there, there, yeah, there's for sure you you have your pressures as a PK, you know, especially, um, you know, when my friends and stuff found out my dad was a pastor. Um, some were like, "Oh wow, it's super cool," and some were like, "Oh nice, like okay." Um, well, like you know, and some were, and as I got older, some I'd say, "Hey, you know, my my dad's you know preaching on Sunday. You want to come with me?" Like, and some would be like, "Oh yeah, like let's go. Like I'd love to go." And some were like, "Oh yeah, like I, I have something going on Sunday. I I, I can't go. Like, oh, no worries. Like all good, all good." But um, yeah, you know, you do have your pressures. It, you know, my dad, who I think when I look at my dad, and my mom, my my dad is more of the like lesson teacher and like the wisdom and like mm. where my mom is more my mom is super Cameron you need to do this this and this and it used to be done and I'm like okay yeah yeah like I'm, I think I'm more scared of my mom than I am my dad because my dad is more like a, you know he's more of a oh Cam like this is how it should be done you know not like and just like let you kind of learn for yourself and like yeah. experience for yourself and uh so yeah I I think you know you'll have your especially in high school um you kind of start getting older and, um, you know, you, there's, you know, the par- whole party scene and stuff like that. And it was, it was a little weird because I'm not living with my dad while I'm in, while I was going to school, I'm living with my mom. So I would just see my dad, like, every, like whenever he would come to visit or I call him like every other day and, you know, we would talk like that, but it's not like I'm living in his house, listening to him talk and tell me stuff every day. Um, so yeah, you do have your, you do have your, um, kind of, 
like pressures that you face. Um, but I think because at a young age, my dad had grounded into me and my sister, some solid values that I just never really kind of like felt those pressures, like kind of on my shoulders, like, Oh man, like all my friends are doing, um, some of the stuff that I probably shouldn't be doing. And my dad and my mom have told me not to do. And I think at a young age, I learned, you know, like, right, like this is the right choice. And if you do this stuff, you'll start going down this path. And I just saw, I I never really felt like the urge to be like, Oh, I need to do this with my friends because that's what they're all doing. I already, I think felt new that at a young age, I, you know, I could like do other things to, you know, make myself happy rather than Mm. like maybe going out and partying with friends. I could go and hang out with friends and we can go drive and drive around and like go watch a movie or something or do something like that rather than go out and party and, you know, do like drink or something like that. Um, because, and then I think in the back of my head, I had like this subconscious saying, you know, if you do that, your dad's going to kick your butt. Or That'll you know, kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like what would my dad do if he found out I did that? Or what would my mom like say? <laughs> and so, yeah, I yeah. Mean, you, you have those pressures and stuff. Um, but yeah. I think if you, if you find other things, you know, that make you happy that, you know, your parents told like are okay with your parents and stuff. And like, you know, they, they make you genuinely happy. Then those are the things, you know, you want to strive to do. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really interesting because um, a lot of times, you know, this phrase WWJD, right? What would Jesus yeah. do? Mm. For PKs, is WW insert your father's initial here, right? Yeah, like, what like would daddy do? yeah, WWDD. What would daddy do? Or what would mommy yeah. do? Right? And and a lot of times it becomes. It, 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 it becomes heavy. It becomes heavy, yeah. On you, right? It's it's really cool, but yeah. Yeah, I honestly think like every preacher's kid has gone through that, where it's like you see your friends doing this and that, and it, but you've been taught something different. Yeah. So you're like, mm, should I do this or yeah. so? Yeah, well, like in college, I was I'm not gonna lie, didn't do much. I was, you know, yeah. friends would go out, and I'm home watching Netflix or watching yeah. I go like Korean shows, and I'm just. <laughs> enjoy my night my friday night with yeah. the movie by yeah. myself <laughs> yeah. even I, I faced a lot of that this this last semester just you know being an ra I, I i felt like so much of my time was just spent in my dorm with my freshmen and i you know friends would go out and i'd be like oh, i'm i'm not going out i got freshmen <laughs> i got a handle and you know it's just i can't like there's nothing i could do like I, i'm not i so i would just sit and watch netflix or play video games or catch up on homework that i need to get up on so yeah, you know, fresh, yeah you, freshman dorms are fun oh man only if you knew the never yeah, been an ra so i wouldn't know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i was an ra for freshman for two years it's uh yeah yeah, yeah. You, it's, it's cool because you have so many, you know, different perspectives and like the, all these, these like young guys come into the hall and they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm a freshman. I'm independent. I'm living on my yeah. own. Like there's no parents around. I'm a, like, what I'm am a I grown man. Like, yeah, yeah. And then like, yeah, it was funny. Um, the other guy, RA, Adam Lima, who's in Hendrix with me, he, he was joking how like the months leading up to school, he wanted to like make his arms bigger and stuff and like work on his muscles. So when he, when he would walk into a room, they'd be intimidated and stuff. <laughs> and then, and then he would talk with like a deeper voice, but he was like this tiny little dude. It was really funny. I thought so. Oh man. So, uh, no, I'm sorry. That was funny. He's going to intimidate people. But um, talking about your childhood, um, yeah. well, growing up, you grew up in like two different households. You know? Yeah, definitely. So, is there anything from your the two households in which you um that you would change a little bit? Ooh, um, I would say so. Like when I would when I would go to my dad's house on the weekends, you knew every Sunday you're waking up going to church because that's just <laughs> yes, you do. You do. Mm-hmm. Where, where at mom's house, there we didn't go to church as much at mom's house. It was more just like a once a month type thing. Once every other month, oh. you wake up, go to church because you know Sundays you wake up and you have stuff to do. Whereas dad's house, you wake up and the first thing you're doing is you're going to church. Like you're getting ready and going to church. Um, not that my mom wasn't as like as religious as my dad was, um, just a little bit different, like kind of backgrounds of their faith and stuff. My, Mm. my mom's whole side of the family, Middle Eastern, we're, we're Syrians who most of the Syrians, you're either Christian or you're Catholic. Um, 
and a lot of Assyrians were actually persecuted for being Christian, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 70, 80 years ago. Like that's why my grandma, she had to flee to the United States because, you know, they were persecuting and killing Christians oh, wow. um, back in Tehran, Iran, where she kind of was living and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I think one thing I would change is maybe, you know, at my at my mom's house, because that's where I lived with more of like my friends. I went to high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I had gone to church a little bit more here in town, um, I'm like there was I had some friends who I think needed maybe just a little bit of guidance and just needed somebody who was maybe there to say, Hey, you know, like you're not alone and whatever you're like thinking you're doing, like who friends who are going out and partying because that's what they, that's the only thing they knew. I felt like if maybe I went to church a little bit more here in town with my mom, um, I can maybe help some of those kids a little bit more who kind of were just kind of lost and trying to find out who they were. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I could have maybe helped out a little bit more here, but I just didn't go to church as much here as I did at my dad's house. Okay. So, um, in light of that, what are your thoughts on your, your faith versus like your mom's faith and your dad's faith, like differences, similarities, you know, like did each of them give you like different foundation or, you know, or were they like, or were they on one accord on that? And then they kind of just built differently on yeah, I, I'd say they do have the, uh, a little bit of a difference between the both. I'd say my faith is more kind of mirrored towards my dad's just because I went to church every Sunday with my dad. I learned, mm-hmm. I, I grew up like listening to my dad preach and talk and stuff like that. Whereas my mom, it was more like um, if something happened or if like something wasn't going right, it was just like, oh, you need to pray about it rather than my dad. It was more of a, like a lesson in like, oh, this is, you know, like are you doing this? Are you like, are you like, mm. just, are you doing the right things rather than in my, it was like when, when something would happen with my mom or if, if um, somebody was like, like not doing too good, my mom would just say, Oh, pray for, make sure you pray for him. Like stuff like that, rather than my, it was where my dad is more like, you know, like a lifestyle. Hot, yeah. Yeah. It's like a lot, li- exactly. Like a lifestyle. Um, and so I'd say like, you know, I, now where I am now in my life, um, it is more, kind of mirrored toward my, towards my dad's side. Um, but my mom, my mom's like faith kind of is incorporated in me as well. Um, just, I don't think as strongly as my dad's is, if that makes oh, sense. Okay. That makes sense. That, that does make sense. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, 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 is, it is very interesting because um, you had a very unique experience, right? You had this experience of being a PK. Yeah. But also sometimes experiencing just being a Christian. Yeah. Right. When oh, you go wow. to your when mm-hmm. you go to your mom's side, no, definitely. you were just a kid who's a Christian. Yeah. And you go to your dad's side, you're a you're PK. Just, you're a PK. <laughs> yeah. Right. Big um, difference. Big difference. But it was there a sense of even at my mom at home with my mom, I'm still a PK because was there a sense of feeling like People are watching me even at my mom's mm-hmm. when I go visit my mom's side. Do you, do you ever feel like maybe even at the place where you felt like I can be myself? Yeah. You still felt like maybe you were still being watched. Yeah. Just, well, I feel like just because my, you know, my dad, I mean, my, our family friends here in town who like are friends with my mom, they know my dad and they know he's a pastor. And so they know, mm-hmm. I mean, with social media and stuff, if, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever gets out there, they, it's, it's, a out re- there. <laughs> it's a reflection of my dad too. And like being, a, being his son, being him, being a pastor. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, thankfully, I'm like, I've never been involved in anything bad that has like made my dad look bad. Um, That's but, good. Yeah. But so, I mean, and, and in my, in my conscious, I know, like, if I was to do something that, you know, maybe didn't look too good, like to the other people, it would for sure people would be like, Oh, isn't he like a, isn't he Scott's son? Isn't Scott a pastor? Like, <laughs> you know, like what, like who taught him to do that? And so I, I always thought of that stuff in my head. Um, and it kind of, I think, helped me not kind of go down these wrong paths. That was awesome. Uh, you know what's so cool? <laughs> like, culturally, like, Nike said this. I'm sorry, I call him Nike. His Nike is my Nike is my African name. <laughs> so, I could, sorry. So, like, I call him that I'm, a lot. I'm going to start calling you that, Sam. <laughs> go right ahead. If you can so pronounce just, it. Yeah, it's Nike. Nike. Yeah, that's it. That's that's not K. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) watch out, not K. So um, see where you started, man. I didn't start anything. I'm just saying. 
Um, to start a culturally, even though we might be different, but like on the foundation of being a preacher's kid, I feel like Nike said this before that uh, we connect on that level where people go, isn't that so so and so like pastor so so and so son? Yeah. Isn't that and like no matter what you do, you're at the store. I'm not gonna lie, when I'm at the store and I see somebody from church. I, I run. I go in the opposite direction because sometimes you might not even do be doing anything crazy, but they're gonna be like, oh, I saw them at the store. They were buying this. They were buying that. And it's like, what? What? Why? Why? Like yeah. there, was, there, was, there was no need for that. But yeah. Yeah. so you, like, as a preacher's kid, you try so hard not to do anything that will kind of like quote unquote bring shame to your parents. Definitely. You know, and that. you can't do that. And it's so because other. Other kids don't have that, but yeah. we do. And it's something that you have to learn really early, yeah. like really early. Definitely. And it becomes like a burden sometimes. So yeah. that's why I feel like some Christ, uh, pastor's kids, when they go away, that's when some of them let loose because they're like, yeah. there's nobody to watch me. I yeah. can do whatever I want. Yeah. No, my parents won't, my parents won't know what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Nobody's going to say anything. Nobody's going to call them and say, yeah. This is but what for you, you, Cam, you end up coming to a Christian school. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't yeah. stay far away from the church. Now, yeah. here's, here's, here's the question I have for you. Um, have you. Did you ever serve in a church? Um, so I never really served in, in my dad's church or any church. Mm. Um, I was part of a couple of youth groups and stuff growing up. Um, it's funny, my dad, whenever, like, if you ask him about, like, you know, why do you want to be a pastor? What led you to become a pastor? He, like, tells you his whole story. He says when he was seven, like, he had this, you know, God spoke to him and he had a, oh, wow. he was, like, on the altar. Wow. And he, would, like, he would stand up, like, on his, like, counter in the house and stuff. And he has, he's like a, he's got, like, three brothers and a sister. And he said he'd stand up in front of all of them. He was the oldest. And he would, like, start preaching to him, like, at a super young age, like, like, messing around. But, like, he, that's, he knew he wanted to do it. Um. Wow. And he had this, he had this vision that God had placed like upon him and me. I've like, I've never had, like, never heard that. I've never had the calling <laughs> to be a, a part of the church in that manner. You know, I've had, I've had some like callings of like what I want to do, like as my career and stuff like that. And it, well, it wasn't really being like that person who's like up on the altar speaking and preaching. Um, yeah. Whereas like, if you ever hear my dad preach, he's like, filled with just fire like it's just passion he just like is it's yeah. like definitely what he's meant to do whereas me i'd be like uh you know like kind of, <laughs> kind of held back a little bit more <laughs> do you yeah. see do you see serving in a church as um only um do you see serving in a church that's only being in front of people and also did you feel any pressure to want to serve in a church. I know mm-hmm. you come from a very unique yeah. view where maybe you were not at church every Sunday, only when you were with your dad, but did you ever feel the pressure that you have to do is looking at me to do something? Yeah. I, I never really did. My dad, he always would tell like me and my sister, like, don't like just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean you have to, you know, follow my mm. footsteps or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of more of an inner, um, like, Oh, if I, if I wanted to, it'd be like a more, oh yeah, that's what I want to do rather than a, oh, I have to, because my dad's like a pastor. Um, one thing I do, I'd say like, I, I have like, just, it's come to my mind before because I love working with kids. I think like, um, being a youth pastor would be super cool. Um, it's kind of not as extraneous, but like, <laughs> you're, still, you're still getting to work with, you know, kids and just, Did you say youth pastor's not as strenuous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like they hear a lot of stuff from the youth. I feel like youth pastors, they hear a lot yeah. of things. Youth yeah. pastor is awesome. I love being a youth yeah. pastor. So I, I I have, I mean, it has come to my mind a couple of times. I think that'd be super cool. Obviously, I'm still a little young and I'm still going to school and stuff. But maybe one day, you know, um, you know, my youth pastor was super cool. My The youth pastor at my dad's church right now, his name is Drake. Super cool guy. Um just, yeah, I, I think it'd be super cool just working with kids. But, yeah, I never really felt the pressure. My dad never was like, oh, you're going to have to do this because, like, I'm a pastor. It was more just like, you know, God will call you when you're, like, mm-hmm. like he'll, he'll have a calling on you for what you're supposed to do. That's yeah. so true. Well, can I ask a fun question? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> so we have a fun question. Um, do you think PKs are uh, make good pastors? Do you think PKs make good pastors? Like, like the, like if I was to be a pastor, I would say, Oh, now you personally, like in general, I think. Oh, um, 
I would say I would say they do make good pastors. Um, I mean, I yeah, I would say they do. But I mean, like if You're I was thinking a lot, you are thinking a lot. If I was, I'm trying to think like if I if if I was a PK, which I am, but I'm thinking hypothetically, and I and I learned <laughs> and I learned from my dad, and I follow in his footsteps. I mean, I feel like I would do a pretty good job. Hypothetically, of, if I were a PK, PK, but I am a PK. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say they do. I mean, they they learn from a young age, you know, what it's what it's like to be a pastor. I mean, obviously, watching their father doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, yeah, they could probably follow in their footsteps and be a good, you know, uh, pastor themselves. But you know something about that, though, if it's not their calling, they're going yeah. to find it pretty hard. Yeah, I think. that's that definitely if it if it's if they feel called upon, like if they're if my dad's a pastor and I feel like uh, calling upon me by God that, you know, you should be a pastor, too. Then I think so. But, yeah, it's all calling. If you don't feel like it's what you're supposed to do, then there's no chance you could do don't it. Do like it. A, yeah. Don't, don't go spread the flock around. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Well, so. That that's a kind of a, a fun question because we're trying to we're trying to figure out how many PKs feel like they need to be pastors too, or how many PKs feel the pressure to be to also want to be pastors. Yeah, right. And because a lot of times that this is one of the this is one of the cultural things that connect all PKs, whether you're black or white or you know multiracial like you are, yeah. um, is this this idea this this concept of um, this idea or this concept of wow, I see my dad do it, and everybody's watching me. I Maybe. See, like if there was this idea that your dad is getting get old and someone has to take over the church. It's almost like nepotism in a way. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, well, when, who's, when, who's next in line? Exactly. Who's next in line? And and a lot of times pastors um yeah. A lot of yeah. time passes. They so, can push their kids. Yeah. Yeah. So now that was the fun question. I, I was actually hoping for the later time to ask that fun question because I want to dive into something that might be a little bit harder. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of you kind of talk about, you know, that moment where your dad told you about your grandma. Yeah. Right. And how much did your faith come into play dealing with such a big loss in your life? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um you know, my faith, you know, at a young age, my dad built a super good foundation of faith within me and my sister. Um, and, you know, growing up, I relied on it a lot. You know, I'd pray about stuff um, at a young age, whether it was things are good, things are bad. Um, you know, you, you kind of just learn to pray about stuff whenever you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, when I found out about my grandma, um, it was more of like a like me realizing my family was kind of like in a lot of just turmoil and pain and seeing them like, and it was more of like, not so much worried about myself and my faith, but just like, how can I help them? And how can I, like, what can I do for them to like make it easier and make just things better? Um, You know, seeing my dad and my grandpa, both of them who's super faithful and religious men kind of question like, why, like, why does, Uh why did you have to take my grandma and my mother away? Like stuff like that. Um, and it was it was just hard but at the same time you 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 have that like because of that foundation you build at a young age you never say god like this is your fault it's never it's never that it's always you know god um like show me like why this is happening i know it's all part of some bigger plan that you know of and um what is you know like how how can we get through this as a family and what i what i realized was you know our family as hurt and as much as we were going through because of the death of my grandma, we all came like closer together. I've never, like we had family members who, you know, weren't the closest, like we were all together and just kind of mourning together. But at the same time, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't have like a, um, a memorial for my grandma and and we had a celebration of life instead. We, we, instead of like, you know, crying for weeks and just being sad we instead celebrated her life and said you know thank you grandma for everything you've done in in our lives and everything you've done in others lives and that i think was kind of like where my faith was kind of 
I think proved that it was like strong and pure. Mm. And like, yeah. So that, yeah. Is, that is so go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I think just where it proved that it was strong and pure and, um, you know, stable with, you know, God. That is awesome. I, you know, as you talk and then you're talking about how, you know, your dad and, 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 and his family kind of dealt with that and, and your grandpa dealing with, man, I'd be so faithful to you, God, and someone, and, and, it's one thing for your grandma to, you know, die of natural causes or yeah. anything, but mm-hmm. like murder is just like, yeah, I, I, I mean, you, yeah, you see, like you, I remember just the first time I'd seen my grandpa and just like how he dealt with stuff. Like, I mean, it took years for him to kind of be okay with, you mm-hmm. know, what had happened, but just the pain and like the, mm-hmm. just the anger that he had, like, it wasn't like, oh, she had died due to an illness or like old age. It was like somebody did it and took her Someone away took from her life yeah yeah and so just that pain it was it was uh yeah i was i was definitely worried but like i would call my grandpa like i i wasn't i'd say i'd call my grandpa and we'd talk maybe two or three times a month after that happened it was like you call grandpa every other day check up on him make sure he's doing okay see how he's doing and i think that's what kind of helped him get back on track and with with his faith kind of you know it was a little unstable because he was just kind of going through all this and kind of trying to you know, kind of maneuver through like what, what had happened. And I think the family, a whole, the whole family just being there for him kind of really helped restore his faith and his connection with God. That is awesome, man. You have, you know, I, I'm learning so much with having this conversation. With yeah. Cam. I, I did not know all of this about you, yeah. uh, but uh, it sounds like you've been through so much in your young life. You're 19 now, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've been through so much in your young life and and one of the things that encourages me when you hear it, and this is the this is where you learn your faith is pure and strong, yeah, because right? because it got you through that. And and so outside this moment, was there what are the other moments in your life where looking back you felt like like you felt what's the word I'm you felt this was an influential moment in my life this is like a defining moment I wanted to it doesn't have to be one but what are some of the defining moments in your life to make you who you are today yeah oh that's tough um I know you're still young and you're still learning but yeah I've had like a lot of you know super blessed things that have happened in my life um I probably, if I had to say like the one moment where I was like, wow, like, you know, um, I, I like have something in me that I can be like a leader and I can help others and, you know, stuff like that. Um, my senior year, um, of high school after my grandma had passed away and all that, um, I got called into the principal's office and I was like, Oh crap. Uh what the heck is going on? Like, like normally I was the president of the school. And so normally if I ever got called in, it was like, I'd get an email from the, like the principal being like, Hey Cam, like, come in, I need to talk to you about something. And it, it was, it wasn't an email. It was just a, Hey Cameron, you need to come in my office. I was like, Oh man, what what did I do? Like, did I do something (laughs) wrong? Um, And I remember walking in and his Mr. Antiveros was the president. He goes, Hey Cameron, how are you doing? I'm like, good, good. He goes, Oh, sit down, sit down. Uh, I was like, Oh man. (laughs) And uh, he goes, you know, um, we, we like, we keep it anonymous until the very end, but now like you, you've been awarded like the, you were like the finalist and stuff. Um, you've been awarded youth citizen of the year of our city of Turlock. And I was like, Oh man, like no way. And like youth citizen of the year is like a pretty big thing in our town. Like you have the annual, like every year there you have like the, you have your citizen of the year and then your youth citizen of the year. And so when I was elected youth citizen of the year, I was like, no way. Like, for people to like think I was the youth citizen of the year of our like city of a hundred thousand people was like super insane. I was like, wow. Like I, I knew I had like, um, I had like, uh, influence on like my peers, but I didn't realize I was like to that level. Um, and I think that moment I was like, kind of, I felt like, uh, I can, I can do something in my life that is so big and so huge that can help so many others. Um, just because, you know, I, I'm a loving person. I'm a caring person. I'm empathetic. Um, and I like listening to what others are feeling and stuff. Um, and I think that's just, you know, kind of what helped me and created me into who I am and, you know, who I'm going to be in my life. And so I, yeah, I think that's one moment where I just, I'll never forget. I remember him telling me, you know, 
you know, thanks for everything you've done in your like four years at Turlock High, you know, from, you know, getting people who like who are non-citizens, getting them their citizenships, helping seniors sign up to vote and get registered to vote, like early voting. Like I um, just everything you've done has been super, like super powerful. Awesome. So, yeah, that was just, I think, one moment that kind of influenced me to kind of keep going. And like, it was kind of like a nod at the hard work that I've put like done in life and saying, you know, keep going, you know, you always get rewarded for, you know, doing good in life. That's awesome. It sounds like you, uh, well, that is, uh, I know this because we gave you a scholarship here and, and, and thought you were a good person and uh, <laughs> someone who deserves, who deserves that. Um, uh, to anyone listening to this, if you want to be a diversity scholar, it's not an easy scholarship to get into. Yeah. Uh, you, have, you have to prove that you are deserving. And, yeah. Oh, and man. Cameron is a... <laughs> I remember when, uh, when we were looking at scholarships and stuff and... Um, my mom had emailed Dr. Carr about it. And then I emailed Dr. Carr and she's like, Oh, you need to follow up with him. This, like, it's not an easy scholarship, but it's I think not. if you apply and you like, just tell them who you are and stuff. And I think you could do it. And I, I was like, okay. Like, and I kind of read into it. I was like, Oh man, mom, do you know how many kids are going to try to get this scholarship? This is like, <laughs> this is good. This is like, I mean, yeah, I'll do it, but I mean, it's going to be really <laughs> tough. And I remember I got the email back saying, you know, Cameron, we'd like to award you with the scholarship. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, mom, you, I called my mom. My mom started crying. She's like, no way, son. Mom, she was super happy. But yeah, yeah it, was, it is, it is a hard question to get into. We get, we get about a hundred or so, 120 applicants. Yeah. And there's oh only room, there's only room for four. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah per super, year. Was, yeah. Super so. blessed. Is it like a scholarship that for all four years? Well, it's supposed to be all, it's renewable. You have to do some things. Yeah. Oh, to keep it. Yeah. Oh, like salvation. Yeah. Segway. It's, yeah. it's not democracy. It's a meritocracy. You have to, you have to do <laughs> it's, something. It's been, it's been like super sad. My freshman year with DLS, it was such a cool experience. You had so many activities. You had, you know, your once a month, you're meeting with other yeah. people. You got to know other people. And then COVID and hit. And then COVID, it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness, you just, you miss being like interacting with other people and like, oh, it was just such a cool group of people and you just miss it. So I hope next year and next, you know, um, like next we, semester. And yeah. Stuff, we'll, uh, God willing, we would do it. God yeah. willing, we would do it. Yeah. Mm, COVID needs to go away. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. 100%, <laughs> man. Yes. So Cameron, with everything, I'm sorry, I'm like away from the mic, with everything that you have gone through and have experienced, first of all, your outlook on life is amazing with everything and what you're going through. Um, you. You're such a positive person and I love that. What advice would you give to other PKs who are also maybe going through similar situations but feel like they can't make it through or even if for somebody who they think they're okay and you know, what yeah. advice would you give them? Uh, I have a couple things. One is like something that I learned just this last semester being in, like at school and stuff with, again, Beth Denny. She taught me so much about, you know, um, I, I, I wasn't really sure what like the enneagrams were. I don't know if you guys are familiar with what like your enneagrams are, like, your, <laughs> like stuff like that. I had no clue what any of that was. And one day she's like, I think you're an enneagram seven. I was like, what does that mean? She goes, and she started telling me all about it. You're all, oh, you're super outgoing, this and this, but you know, when there's conflict, you like kind of hold it down inside of you and you don't like talking about it and stuff. Um, and so just something that I've learned this year, um, Reach it. and was, was just, you know, it's, it's okay to like, you know, talk with other people, people that you trust, people that you love who are in your life, um, kind of just, you know, let them in and let them kind of hear what you're going through. Um, you know, you're not alone just cause you're, you know, a PK, you know, and there's not many other PKs around you. Everybody else is just, you know, they have regular parents who are just, you know, doing their, doing their regular day lives. Um, that you're not alone. Like you're, there's other people who like are there for you and who want to listen to you and, you know, help you and like, you know, go through life with you. Um, and so that's one thing. And another thing is just something that, you know, both my mom and dad have always preached um, to me and like engraved in my mind is just always lead with love, whatever you're doing in life, you know, lead with love. Um, you can't really go wrong if you have a loving heart and you're like, and you have like good intentions. Um, so yeah, just lead with love. Don't feel that, you know, you need to, 
act a certain way, be a certain, you know, person because other people around you are, you know, kind of that, like, they're like forcing you to, you know, you mm-hmm. just look back at your morals and your grounds and your values and the foundation that you were like raised upon. Um, and those will take you as far as you need to go um, in whatever it is you need. So oh, I think awesome. that, that Thank my you. advice. Yeah. Um, but thank you for that advice. And I know that it's going to touch somebody and somebody's going to hear this and yeah. it's really going to help them. And on that note, I want to thank everybody for listening. And um, we want to thank Cameron for coming and sharing his amazing story. I really love doing this podcast because I hear like stories, even from people that I knew. And it's like mind blowing and I'm learning from you. I might be older than you, but I'm still learning from you. <laughs> so thank you so much. And um, I hand it over to Naki. Make sure you call him that the next time you see him. Yeah, I'm gonna walk into your office next semester, Sam. What's up, Naki? Oh man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, um, I don't know if this, this is good. Don't call me. So, so, and you can cut this out. Naki is short for Nanakwesi. That's that's my full name. I was born on a Sunday, so my my name is Nanakwesi. I was born on a Sunday too. So my name is Akosia. <laughs> okay. Such such interesting names, man. That's so awesome. <laughs> no, we'll find out the day of the week you were born and we'll figure yours out. There you yeah. go. My, the only interesting thing about my name is my middle name is Osher, but my mom and my grandma, who are Middle Eastern, they wanted it to be Osher Paul, which was the king of Assyria. But my dad was like, no, I think we just keep it like Osher. Like, he, he's, like, he's, he's like, I don't think we do. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, good idea, good idea. Uh, hey, um, thank you so much uh, for everything. Um, I, I always like to end on a positive note with a Bible verse to kind of help us kind of get through it. And and based on the story you've shared and based on everything that you've gone through, the Bible verse that, that kind of popped in my head is Nehemiah uh, chapter 10, verse 8. Sorry, Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 and i want to read it and he says go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared this is the this day is holy to our lord and this is where i really want to say honey he said do not grieve for the for the joy of the lord is your strength mm-hmm. and 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 that's just powerful and like Dorothy said we love your outlook on life uh cameron honestly um Seriously, it's such one of those amazing human beings that I don't think I've ever seen him frown on campus. Um, he is constantly just so joyous. And, and and that just makes me happy to know that we have people like you. Um, it, it just touched my heart what you've been through at a young age, and yeah. yet you don't let it shake you, mm-hmm. right? You don't let it shake you. And I think there are PKs out there who are going through similar situations who feel like no one understands what they're going through. Yeah. Um, but I hope they can they can listen to this and they, and they can hear your genuine your genuineness. So uh, mm-hmm. what God is telling us through this podcast is do not grieve. Now, I'm not saying do not grieve, I'm saying, don't like don't cry don't show emotion that i don't think that's what god is saying but but don't do well in your emotions right it's okay to say oh that sucks and and kind of feel it but remembering that you say so for the joy of the lord is our strength strength. Mm -hmm. yeah right his joy is our strength so uh for those of us listening in um that's my advice for you is to go ahead and, and live in the joy of the Lord. Yeah, um, and um, Cameron, um, do you mind sharing a little bit about your dad's church for anyone who's listening, who wants to visit your dad's church? Yeah. So um, it's just, uh, it's a smaller church, non-denominational in Stockton, California. Um, anybody who knows where Stockton is or, is, or has heard of Stockton, um, Stockton kind of gets like a bad rep. Um it has its really ghetto parts. It does, but it also has its beautiful parts. Um, it, it's, it has its rough edges and it's beautiful edges. It's, I mean, yeah. uh, you can go to Stockton and one side of the town is like, you got to be careful where you're walking and stuff. And the other side of town, it's just gorgeous. Um, so he's got it. And, and I think that's why he loves being there is because he's able to touch so many different like people's lives from different walks of life. Um, yeah. People who need him more than ever before and people who are just kind of, you know, 
learning who God is and getting into his word. I mean, he, he just loves what he's doing out there. Um, oh, What's the name of the church? It's called the 360 church. So actually I have his bracelet on right now, but yeah, it's called 360 church. That's um, awesome. And so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, smaller, smaller church, but he, he loves what he does. He has a vision to impact thousands and thousands of people one day. And so that's I think, awesome. I think he will. <laughs> that's awesome. So 360 church in Stockton, California. And, um, for those of you listening to, um, if you ever find yourself in the North Brunswick area in New Jersey, uh, visit house of faith ministries, um, is, uh, is on 900 Edwin street. Um, we meet Sundays. Um, is it two services, right? Yes, two services, 9 Sunday to 1030 and 11 yeah. to 1230. Awesome. And then if uh, because of COVID, if you can, you can hit them up on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash H-O-F-M-N-J and, and Facebook. Um, for those of us living right here in San Diego, if you ever want a church, uh, the church I go to is called All People's Church. Uh, it's an amazing multicultural church, uh, wonderful pastor, wonderful worship, great atmosphere. Uh, our motto is get real, uh, get rocked and give it away. And yeah. it's, it's, it's something that uh, we love to do. Uh, you get real and then we get rocked by the Holy Spirit. Also, we can give it away to the world. Um, so yeah, come visit us on 5555 University Avenue. Um, and, and if you're listening to this too, and you know, you yearn for this relationship with Christ and you don't know how to do it. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's very simple. Um, Jesus Christ is ready to come into your life. All he needs is an invitation from you. Yeah. If you can say these short words after me, Father God, thank you for dying for my sins. Uh, I know I'm a sinner, help me repent. Come live in me and help me change my ways. In Jesus name. Amen. Now, Amen. That, that prayer is not supposed to be a magical prayer that you prayed it and boom, life is perfect. That's not what this is. Um, Christianity, we wish. We wish, right? Yeah. <laughs> Christianity is a lifestyle, so you do need to change. You do need to repent. You do need to do that 180 and, um, and, and turn your face to God and find a Bible-believing church close mm-hmm. to you and and the bible said there is there is blessing in the gathering of the brethren uh the gathering of the saints uh so go find a church you can have community with and with that uh we love you and we appreciate you and like my dad always says don't give up because god has not given up on you we love you everybody love thank you, you love for peace chicken grease bye What's going on? Thank you for listening to another episode of Confessions of a PK. We had an amazing time speaking with Cameron and a huge thank you to him as well for sharing. The journey continues when we welcome Hadley Halbert to the show. She has a lot of insight to offer and we know you are going to be blessed. It'll be dropping February 4th, so make sure you are on that. As always, we appreciate you for listening and all glory to the Most High. We out.